Disney's latest movie, Raya and the Last Dragon, roared into theaters and onto Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago. And unlike some Disney tales, this is one you may be wondering about as a movie night option for your family. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, you know, it's always a big deal when Disney introduces fans and families to a new Disney princess, which is exactly what we get with the new movie Raya and the Last Dragon. And we'll be unpacking everything you need to know about that film in our conversation today. But we want to push a little bit deeper, too. As we'll see, Raya draws from mythological elements in Chinese culture. But mythology, in a broader sense, has provided storytellers with a rich well from which to draw practically since the beginning of this thing that we call pop culture. Greek, Roman, Norse, and other mythological pantheons have formed the foundation of many franchises, old and new, often weaving threads of spiritual content in along the way that represent a different worldview than Christianity. As parents, how do we navigate these narrative issues? What do we do with all that mythology? Well, we're going to talk about that today, hopefully giving you some food for thought regarding how best to address this issue in your own family. So let's get started. Joining me for our conversation today are... Kristen Smith. Jonathan McKee. And Bob Hoos. All right. I want to start with this question. If you could be one mythological hero or figure for a day, who would you choose and why? Hermione Granger. All right. Because Kristen is in. That's right. In for the win with Hermione. Yep. Or Hermione, as I like to call her. I just, I want to live looks... at Hogwarts and I, I want to do all the things. I want to go to Hogsmeade, uh, all of it. I want to have the magical butter powers, butterbeer, all of it. Yeah. Cute hats. Yeah. Who doesn't want to fly around on a broom and play Quidditch? All right. You know, and you mm. actually have some Hermione-esque qualities. Yes. She's also, well, she's brilliant, but not to say that. <laughs> All right. We have Hermione up first. And, <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll go next. Bob? Um, I, you know, I, I think back when you mentioned mythological, I mean, I think back to... Uh, I, I as a kid, I loved to read Greek mythology and all yeah. the Greek gods and all that sort of thing. And I think if, if you asked me back then as a kid, uh, in spite of this character's bad reputation, I would have chosen Hades. Uh, oh, just, yeah. just because I will say he has a bad reputation, <laughs> but Jonathan was going to choose Hades, so I'm glad you went first. <laughs> but but I, I would I would have chosen him because he got to hang around with Persephone, and she was a babe or Persephone, you know? as I like to yeah. call her. But in any in any case, I think I think what I would say today though would would be Hermes. Oh yeah, because he's cunning and quick, and I'd love to be able to experience both of those for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. There is a little quick. bit of wish fulfillment in that's this question, right. isn't right. there? That's that's awesome, Jonathan. Well, I, don't, I don't know. You know, Kristen just kind of unplugged the whole question. You know, when you said uh, you know mythological hero, I was thinking of Zeus and Hermes and whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, she's in the There's land Harry of Potter. You know, okay, she's Harry a Potter. hero. Yeah, yeah without exactly. her, none of this would have happened. But go and ahead. She's not real, so well, in the broad sense, she's myth. mythological. Well, now, <laughs> I, well, now I want to be Reaper Cheap. I don't know. Uh, there you go. So, uh, no, okay, tell I, us I, more about that. Yeah, I just, he has a sword and he's cool and he's furry and cute. Um, let me he think. He is the best. 
Uh, he definitely is the best. He was my favorite. I don't know if I want to be him. Um, I think, you know, I mean, man, can I can I jump to the like the Marvel land or the DC verse? Well, not? it seems like Why you're not? well on your way. So. <laughs> I think I think, you know, in the same way that Bob wanted to be, you know, Hermes or Mercury, I think I would like to be Flash because I just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of superheroes that like can kick butt with fighting and all that kind of stuff. But there would just be something cool about being able to just go so fast that I, I mean, I honestly, I think I think of that scene in one of the X-Men movies where the guy is moving around the room so fast and like, he's barely touching a bullet and redirecting oh, yeah, yeah. the bullet the way it went. And he went and it was all to like, I think a Jim Croce song as a matter of fact. And it was, uh, if I could put time in a bottle anyway. So it was, yeah, no, it was an amazing <laughs> scene. And when I saw that scene, I'm like that would be so cool if you were so fast. Especially the soundtrack, right? Yeah. Truly. That if hey. you could, to Jim Croce, redirect bullets, th- and, I'm <laughs> in. Well, and All if, right. thing, if things got really bad, you could run away faster than anybody else. That's right. It's, yeah. a, it's a great uh, retreat skill, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think um, uh, it's funny. I wrote this question, and I didn't really think through it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Thor. Because oh, yeah. that way I can oh, yeah. click the, the Norse the mythology box mm-hmm. and the Marvel box. And uh, it's all about Mjolnir, his hammer. Yeah. It's not Mjolnir, as I called it for years. Or but... his wit. Or, <laughs> or his wit. You know, just his face or something. Right. Or uh, Fine. <laughs> Yes. Um... <laughs> it's Thor. Fine. D, all of the above. <laughs> it's the hair. I'm I was going to say more, but actually I think that makes it unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> what man doesn't want to be Thor, right? <laughs> Well, I love hearing about what mythological heroes you identify with and why. And I think these stories resonate with us, uh, and even as we've talked about, for similar reasons that superhero stories do. We love the idea of heroes and heroines with the skills and the fantastical abilities and the courage to confront the wicked monsters that threaten us, be they metaphorical or literal. There's Mm -hmm. wicked monsters everywhere. (laughs) Uh, And that is what's happening in this movie, Raya and the Last Dragon 2. We've got a courageous young woman who teams up with a dragon and some other mystical, magical, super fun characters to deal with an evil that's been unleashed in the world. So we're going to unpack that plot line a bit and then dive into a bigger conversation about how we help families navigate these mythological worlds and the worldviews that come with them. So Kristen, you reviewed Raya and the Last Dragon and a couple of us have also seen it, but give us an overview of the plot and what some of the main themes are. All right, y'all, this is my weakest skill. Here's your overview. Um, <laughs> this so, could be the superpower you've never I had, mean, right? Really. Summarizing. I don't know why it's so terrible. <laughs> um, this is about um, this young girl named Raya. Her father invites the people of Kumandra, where they live this land, um, to come and have a dinner because there's been a lot of division and he wants to unify all the, the people. Um, and Basically, Raya is betrayed. They're guarding this, like, magical stone. Um, the dragon the gem. The dragon gem. And she's betrayed, and then it, the the gem, like, breaks in a million pieces, and then people from, like, different parts of Kumandra take a piece. And then this thing called the Droon comes in, and the Droon is this evil force that's fed from disunity. Um, and any anybody that it touches turns to stone, right? 
So a bunch of people turned to stone, including Raya's father. And so for the Spoiler next... Spoiler warning. Yeah. So six years... <laughs> we see her six years later searching for this magical gem because it's the only way, or the different pieces, the it's pieces. the only way, right, to bring the people together and to bring them back. Um, and she also needs a dragon's help. Um, so she finds a dragon and the thing unfurls. You know, goes from there. <laughs> That's a terrible summary. There we go. No, I really summary. hope you what read my review at pluggedin.com because it's can't way wait. better. No, I didn't think it was a terrible summary at all. And you know, as it was getting going, especially when Raya is on her own six years later, yeah. I thought it had a. She reminded me of of Ray from the new Star Wars movies, hmm. and and yet her adventure has almost a Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. kind of vibe to it uh, cool. and I think of of all of the newer Disney movies really over the last number of years I liked this one a lot um, I thought the story mm-hmm. was really well done and I liked her character Yeah, um, and I love the messages what were some of the, the bigger themes that come out in this? I think the biggest one that I saw was that the key to mending a broken world is being the first one to step out and pursue forgiveness and to pursue unity in community, which I thought was incredible. Like the entire movie, I really loved it. There was a ton of action um, and there wasn't a love story, which I, I kind of thought was great. Um, but a lot of the messages are about like forgiveness and reconciliation. So I really loved mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I think the other the other message that comes through and that's related to those closely is just this idea of trust. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that after we move through a process of forgiveness, we need to offer trust. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we offer trust not knowing uh, if the person we're offering it to is is going to reciprocate. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that in particular would be a, a great conversation starter for families. You know, how mm-hmm. do you know when somebody has done you wrong? And let's face it, kids experience that all the time. Yeah. Um, when do we have the courage to step back into relationship? And, and when is it appropriate to say that person maybe hasn't earned that? So I think as a, a jumping off point for a conversation about our real world relationships, yeah. Uh, yeah. it would be well, excellent. And, and another aspect of the real world um, connection is that the, the film talks about the essentially, I, I don't want to say evil, but wicked nature of mankind. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. a lot of films don't, don't want to mm. really touch on that. So true. But the fact is that it, it, you know, you had this, all these people rallied together to fight this great evil yeah. and the dragons were helping and all that sort of thing. This is in the past. Right. Uh, and then when it was all over and they won the day and everything should be happy ever after, mm. then, then the humans go, okay, well, we have to get our piece, our slice of this. And they start fighting with each other yep. yeah. because of that basic human nature and i think Hmm. i think parents could talk about that too with their kids and they didn't blame it on anybody they had to learn that this the drune exists because of us yeah you know because this is and one of the things i really liked about it is that there like as raya met these different people she realized that she had a lot of stereotypes and assumptions about people that Mm -hmm. she didn't even know and the more that it was a challenge for her to overcome absolutely and the more that she got to know them she realized that they're you know they're, they're just like me and we all have something that we need to work through. Right. Well, what about the spiritual components here? Because that's kind of what we're focusing on today. What kind of of mythological elements, if you will, do we see in this story? 
Well, magic and dragons. Mm-hmm. Magic and dragons. I mean, that pretty that's, much that's sums the it up, right? Thing. The, the, the dragons <laughs> have the magic, mm-hmm. and the dragons, because they were the magical ones, the the all powerful beasties, they were able to win the day way back when, mm-hmm. and then they all disappeared. Yeah. And so now we're li- living in an age where there is no magic per se, other than that that dragon gem yeah. that they have at uh, in Raya's. Uh, hometown. Thanks for filling in my plot holes. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and so that's the only thing. That's the only tiny piece of magic that's still left in the world. And yeah. then the humans all fight over it and smash it. Yeah. So so there that there there are a number of spiritual parallels that you can, yeah, even to Christianity that you can, can apply here. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was a really interesting film in that it's not a Christian movie oh. at all. Uh, and I felt like it draws in a broad way from Chinese mythological influence. Kumandra is sort of a, a utopia. Yeah, it's sort of a fictionalized version of China. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's very much an Asian culture, and so we get hints of that without necessarily a direct reference. But all of these spiritual points, I think, are navigable in a way that you can draw parallels oh, yeah. to our our faith. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like in action as our conversation continues today. Well, Raya may not be dealing with a specific Chinese myth, but there's definitely that vibe around the story as it deals with magic and dragons and whatnot, as we've talked about. Obviously, this is just the latest movie to draw on mythological narratives and storylines. What are some other recent movies that are are really largely based on mythological stories? Oh, there's tons of them. Yeah, I all, mean, all the Marvel most, movies. Most of them. <laughs> yeah, no, you, think, you mentioned the Marvel movies, and they are very mythological in many cases. And you know, Wonder Woman, all Wonder of those yeah, types yeah, of yeah. types of characters. Themyscira. There's yeah. another hard one to stay, just like you know Hermione. We already mentioned <laughs> Thor. You know, yep. uh, that sort of thing, and and it's. It's not just the new movies. I mean, they've been going on like this for years and years and years. I remember as a kid, one of my favorites was um, Jason and the Argonauts. I was going to say, I'll bet you're going to say oh, Jason yeah. and the Argonauts. I mean, you know, the, the Ray Har- that Harryhausen uh, special effects yeah, and all that. Yeah, with the stop motion yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was, it was uh, just great. The skeletons. It was great fun. Love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you ought to watch it. Okay. Look, look it up, youngster. <laughs> Um, well, and my kids have been very much into the entire Percy Jackson franchise. Oh, yeah, and yeah. There were two movies, but you know, Rick Riordan is the author who has written this whole series, and yeah. he's done series not only on Greek mythology but on Roman mythology, mm-hmm. on Egyptian mythology, and so you know, there are people out there who recognize that there there is this really rich vein of storytelling opportunity, and so I don't think it's a surprise that we see these these stories come up over and over again because yeah. it's uh, uh, it's low-hanging fruit if I'm wanting to tell mm-hmm. a fantastical story. Well, I think it's tempting to think everybody knows these are just stories, right? Yeah. This stuff's not real. Um, but we forget that the Greek and Roman gods were actually worshipped. There was a yeah. time when yeah. it wasn't just fodder for a fun Saturday matinee movie, but it was really woven in a very significant way into their culture. And I think it's easy to maybe not take some of the spiritual issues in these kinds of films seriously. But here's my question. Do we need to go deeper than that? And if so, how do we help our kids process the spiritual ideas and worldview differences in these sorts of movies? 
Well, I think that one thing that you just mentioned is I think that sometimes we just forget and and we kind of assume and we think, oh, everyone knows these are just stories and and confession. And I think I've even shared this story before uh, on Focus. But uh, when my youngest daughter was probably just three, it seemed like there was always a favorite movie they had that we'd end up like if they were you know, distract and we wanted to sit him down for a while. We knew that if we could put on a certain movie, like for my, for mm-hmm. my son, it was Aladdin. And we knew we had an hour and 26 minutes of silence if we put <laughs> Aladdin on, you know. And, Give or um, take with the credits, and, right? And, and for my uh, daughter, Ashley, it was Hercules. She just loved the animated, you know, Hercules from back in, you know, the 90s. And um, it got to be where very often, I mean, she was, it was probably five days a week she'd be like let me watch it let me and, we're, and we just we didn't really even think of it we're like oh this disney film it's cute it's fun we had watched it with her many times and laughed but then there was this one time where we were talking with her seriously about something and she said something like well the gods and we're like okay that's enough of hercules you know, I mean, also, we were like we just hadn't kind of even really thought about the subtle you know, messages. And we're like, wait a second. She's hearing more about Hercules than she is about the Bible. And that was a problem. So, I mean, sometimes we just got to be careful on what our kids are being influenced by. And remember that we need to be more about, you know, um, you know, telling them stories of truth. And it's not like we can't ever, you know, you know, expose them to some of these other stories that are out there. But uh, my daughter was becoming saturated in these stories. Connected to that. I think there are ways that parents can navigate this issue mm-hmm. um, by realizing that, well, okay, let me put it in my own words. I, in my opinion, all these different mythological beliefs have sprung from the fact that God sort of made us this way. Mm. You know, when you look at Romans one nineteen, it talks about how uh, knowledge of God and the things of God, uh, that God sort of imbued us with those th- that knowledge hmm. we, before we were born we we were created with that knowledge of him there and i think in a way all of these mythological things represent that knowledge hmm. so so we as people we're seeking out something spiritual we're seeking out answers we're seeking mm-hmm. out help yeah. from uh, we are made of flesh and spirit and there and there is that spirit side of every single person no matter what That's your belief cool. structure may be. Yeah. And so I think I think parents can look at it from that perspective and talk to kids from that perspective too. I mean, we're talking about the, the this film, this Raya film. Um, you know, what was in it? You had you had evil mankind, but on the other hand, you had these people who were longing for something spiritual. Yeah. Maybe magical mm. in their case, but spiritual to to fix it all, to set yeah. things right, to to create a world where everyone could be happy and in, in harmony, and and that and that is very much a part of our belief system as as Christians. Yeah. Not for some magical dragon, but right. that God is over us and created us in a certain way. Yeah. And will at some point be able to deliver us from all of that. Yeah. yeah. One of the themes too in the movie. Um, I mean, it's sacrifice. And it yeah. reminded me of John fifteen thirteen. What greater love has no one than this than to lay down their life for a friend. Um, and that is... And we have multiple instances of that in yeah, this movie. It's not just one. Right, a ton of them. I think, uh, to your question, Adam, I think I was kind of raised where, like, you had to be really careful or your kids might think Harry Potter's so real that they'll want to worship Harry Potter. 
Now, like you do by wanting to exactly, be Hermione. Exactly. I, there's a ton of issues. Like I'm, it, I'm sure you could pull out a lot of them. However, um, I really love nurturing and fostering that creative side of a child, like mm. getting lost in this land and this world that you can become a part of. Um, and then you can draw so many parallels, like who's yeah. saying there's so much that you can talk about as you, as your kids get into these stories. I mean, I think if you start to, you know, watch or read books too much and you start to think that King Triton is Jesus, you know, like we, we should probably talk about the difference, but I, <laughs> uh, I had a friend actually tell me that the other day, she was like, Poseidon has a trident. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Her daughter got a little lost and she was like, well, King Triton says, and she's like, no, nah, you mean Jesus. Um, <laughs> But she's three. Right. So just talking about the differences, obviously, like what Jonathan said, rooting them in the word, but also like letting them explore what really is inside of us, that this desire to be a part of something so different. Yeah. No, I think that what both of you are getting at is our longing for transcendence. Right. And and God, uh, I'm not going to get the, I forget what the passage of scripture is, but it says that, you know, God has placed eternity in our hearts. Mm. I think it's maybe in Ecclesiastes. Um, and so we're, we are hardwired as people who are created in his image to long for a transcendent experience. And that is something that gives our lives shape and meaning and purpose. And I think that these stories, as you were saying, Bob, are an echo of that. Yeah. And so as parents, part of our job is to say, uh, is it a healthy echo? Is it a unhelpful echo? Or is it somewhere in between? A navigable. Is it a navigable echo? echo? And, and yeah. even with the Harry Potter conversation, at some point we should probably just have a Harry Potter podcast. But oh, yes. there are certainly believers that have looked at it and said, we've got witchcraft here. Scripture is mm-hmm. completely clear about that. This is out of bounds end of discussion. And you've got J.K. Rowling, who identifies as a Christian and who has said, uh, you know, this really is a story that is meant to be allegorical and where Mm -hmm. Harry ends up sacrificing his life and, spoiler warning, coming back to life um, if you haven't gotten to the end of the Harry Potter series. (laughs) And I think that really sincere Christians can look at this story and those are both legitimate responses that we can say, you know what? There are things about this story that I'm really uncomfortable with theologically. Our family's not going to go there. Or there are things about this story that have deep spiritual parallels and intentionally so. And we can together draw those out and talk about how that relates to our faith. Yeah. And you know what? And, and those lines are going to look different. And Totally. And- and and that's you know and I think we always need to go to scripture. I mean I know when I was, you know, raising my kids and they were still in the home, um, I was very comfortable with Lord of the Rings, very comfortable with Narnia, and of course knowing you know the authors behind those. Um, the Harry Potter series did make me a little uncomfortable, and, and uh, it was a battle for me because I just felt like they were so comfortable with witchcraft and it seemed like it was this no big deal and um and it the, the thing that did it for me once is i'm i you know travel a lot and i'm in a lot of bookstores and i walked in a bookstore and there was all the harry potter books right next to to all these books on witchcraft and whatever and i was like that in that crossed it over for me um yep. and and it, i have tons of friends that are like i completely disagree jonathan there's nothing different than narnia and harry potter and whatever and so you know it it's hard i, I think the key is we need to be 
talk with our kids about truth. And if we're in scripture and we're seeing the danger of, you know, playing with witchcraft, I, I think, you know, I mean, where is the line? Um, you know, is a Ouija board a, a, a harmless thing? I absolutely no. not. Next question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not. I think it's scary. But it is interesting how some what ends up happening is some people think that it's no big deal. And, and, and I am not hinting that you know, I'm I'm not starting with a slippery slope lecture. I'm not saying, well, if you start here, it's going to lead to Ouija boards before you know worshiping Satan. I'm not saying yeah. that at all. <laughs> I'm just saying we need to be aware and uh, and we need to be in the word. And if we're in the word and we're prayerful about this and saying, God, help us as we're raising our kids right, they're going to be exposed to some of these stories. And I think we need to use them to dialogue with them about stuff that matters. And if we are... You know, I mean, to me, like recently, I was just reading the story of, uh, you know, Paul and Silas in prison and, and this amazing story where they're like in shackles being tortured. And all of a sudden, as they're singing, the chains come off. And instead of leaving, they decide if we leave, this jailer is going to get killed. Let's stick around and save this guy's life. And the guy's like, oh, my gosh, you guys didn't leave. I mean, that's there's nothing more heroic to me. Hmm. And I think if we tell our kids these stories and they start to recognize true traits of heroism, um, you know, then they're going to kind of spot cheap imitations of a God that likes a lot of wine and sleeps with a bunch of women. And, uh, you know, in these, in, in these mythological stories, and they'll go, that, that's not necessarily so admirable. Maybe yeah. they'll be able to recognize that for themselves. It's all about us having these conversations with our kids and exposing them to truth so they can recognize the lies. Yeah, I really like that. I think I've said this before, but I really think it, I think what matters most is what's the loudest voice. And that includes what you read and what you watch. So good. So for me, I mean, I do like Harry Potter, but I also read a lot of like Hudson Taylor and uh, Jim Elliott and, and all missionary stories, Yeah, missionary stories where I was like reading like about real heroes that like laid down their life for the gospel. And so I really just think that balance is important. Like, like Absolutely. you're saying, like if you're really seeing, if you can point your kids to like, this is why we're here anyway. This is why we're created. This is why we're on this earth. Um, I just also really love the parallel to say like, but here it is in story and Jesus used story all the time. Yep. And so I just, I, I really love the blend of both. Well, well, and let me just, if I may just quickly interject and there's some, and I don't think that I'm not saying this about Harry Potter, but I'm saying there is a time though, where we will see a piece of literature or a movie where we need to say, Nope, sorry, not in our house. And, and right. for some people, maybe that line was the Twilight series, you know, or or whatever right. it was. They got to a certain thing, and for the Twilight series, to me, it wasn't about the vampires and the wolves. It was about that this girl was very comfortable letting this guy in her bedroom in the middle of the night. You know, I mean, there was other things yeah. that I had concerns and about. The, the vampires were sparkly. I had a problem. Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah. I don't <laughs> myself. They were, they were glowy and sparkly, but yeah, it was it was. So I think there's times where we need to say, you know, there's got to be this balance with some of these areas that are kind of you're like, wait, I, I'm not really sure it's, um, but there's other things that we can go. No, you know what? This it, it's okay to just say, sorry, yeah. this doesn't belong in my house. And here's sure. why and back it up with scripture. And, and that's why we at plugged in are constantly fervently preaching discernment. Yes. Yeah. You know, to, preach that, it, Bob. That, that, that parents Amen. need to be discerning and they need to teach their kids to be discerning too. Yep. And sometimes those moments will pop up when we least expect them. That when we're engaged actively, um, we can hit the pause button. We can shut something off. We can say, you know what? We're going to have a conversation about this right now. Yeah. Um, this is not particularly mythological. It's a little ways off the trail. 
but we were watching America's Got Talent uh, a number of, well, about a year ago, and they had um, a guy come on that was going to do a seance on the show. Hmm. And I said, okay, we're not going to watch this, but we are going to talk about it. And so we got the Bible out and we looked at Ephesians, you know, six, which talks about spiritual warfare. And we had a big conversation about the reality of what's happening in the spiritual realms and why this is problematic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it may be that we think something is fine and we get into it and we realize, wow, this is not fine at all. And uh, as parents, we need to have the courage to say, yeah, we're not going here. Even if we're halfway through it, sometimes that means we shut something off or we have a conversation about it. Or walk out of a theater. Or walk out of a theater. And so it is an ongoing, active, intentional, and engaged conversation. And what we're teaching our children is that we have a robust and muscular faith. We have a strong worldview. We don't have to be afraid of stuff, but we want to be wise about the ideas that are out there. Because sometimes the stories that are told have the power to influence us in ways that really do take us away from what we believe. And and as we've said, different families are going to have different lines. And, mm-hmm. and even with different kids, I mean, you may have one child that you find is really susceptible in a problematic way to elements in one of these stories that your other kids don't have a problem with at all. Yeah. And so right. we've yep. got to be yep. students of our family, students of the word. Uh, and, um, you know, for those of us who have spouses at home, having a conversation with our spouse so that we're on the same page in terms of how we engage with this stuff. Well, I'm fairly certain that Raya and the Last Dragon isn't the last movie uh, we'll see about dragons, magic, and uh, mythological worlds. And I hope as we've talked today, our conversation has helped you to think about how to guide your family through spiritual issues that so many of these kinds of stories may dabble in. As always, we encourage you to be active and intentional in processing what you watch as a family, uh, even in areas where we might be tempted to think, our kids already know what's going on from a Christian point of view. And in addition to those spiritual themes, these stories offer lots of opportunities for potential discussions when it comes to themes like bravery and heroism and sacrifice and some of the other things that we have been talking about today. So what about you? How has your family navigated mythological stories like these? We would love to hear your story, and you can message us on Facebook or at Instagram at Plugged In Team. Well, we hope the Plugged In Show is a catalyst for you to go deeper in your thinking about how your family engages with technology and entertainment. And as a thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today for a gift of any amount, we'd love to send you a copy of our very own Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. You'll find a link to order that book, as well as links to everything else we have talked about here today in our Plugged In blog entry for this week's episode. On behalf of our entire team, I want to say thanks so much for listening today, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. 